Hey guys, welcome to what 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 episode is it? Sixth? Yeah, the sixth episode of the Demon Podcast with Sky and Victor. Welcome Today back. we're gonna talk about who knows what. It's just a fucking random ass episode. We initially had plans to talk about COVID and face masks, but that ended up um being delayed because of the holidays. So I don't know. We might touch on that. We might touch on politics or just kind of vlog or blog or podcast blog about our lives. Who knows? Um, let's see. Well, there are reports that the vaccine for COVID-19 should be available um, pretty much by the end of this year. And people are saying, I think, um, that the ones who are going to, I think about 20 million doses are going to be available and they're going to be going to the healthcare workers and people who, um, in Wall Street. In Wall Street. Yeah, did you? I uh, read an article. Or actually, I didn't read it. I saw the headline. It was from ABC News, though, I think, where apparently, like, some Wall Street investors were gonna were in line to get uh, the vaccine first because they were considered essential or something like that. What? No, I had no idea about that. Actually, yeah. Have you seen anything about um, anti-vaxxers like speaking out against this, or have you read any about that? Anything about that? I haven't seen like a large movement just because I feel like that type of rhetoric behind like everything that's happened with COVID might just look really bad. I mean, I think there's always going to be anti-vaxxers, but I think like right now they're probably it's probably not a good look right now, you know, especially because so many people have lost family members to, you know, COVID or know somebody that got hospitalized. Uh, it's a pretty interesting statistic that I saw recently where it's like 50 percent of all, over 50 percent, actually like 57 percent of all Americans either know somebody who has died or knows somebody who has been hospitalized to COVID. So I think, um, I don't know, I think you're definitely going to see them a little bit maybe closer to when we start vaccinating like mass groups of people. I mean, you occasionally hear like the random person that says that this is like a fucking, you know, George Soros conspiracy to like chip everyone and I don't know, to make everybody into robots. But um, as far as like any like large movements, I haven't really seen any. And like the fact that like Trump is kind of pushing it f- or pushing for it as well, where he's kind of saying like, oh, the vaccine's coming, like markets are going to be great. I feel like that's also like encouraging like his base to kind of be a little bit more open towards getting that vaccine. So, yeah, yeah I know. haven't seen anything too big on that either, which was a little surprising because I did think that that um, was going to be like a big uproar where people saying, you know, like this is some kind of new world order thing going on. Um but, I mean, do we really need that extra stress? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, it's- absolutely not. I think a lot of people just have, like, an issue more so with, like, um, certain comments. I don't I don't even know who even made this comment. I think it was, like, at a world forum, like, some big, like, um, organization that, like, uh, multiple nations are, like, a part of. But apparently, apparently they were saying something like um, that COVID represents, like, a good... Uh, or what was the actual quote? Um... Basically, they were saying that COVID is a time to like restructure our economy so it works better or something along those those lines. But a lot of people are reading into it into um, it meaning something along the lines of, oh, this is a perfect time to usher in a new world order. But uh, I don't know. I think like a lot of people are missing the fact that when there is like a crisis like this, um, it usually exposes a lot of the, you know, weak spots and are in various systems that we currently use. So I think like it makes sense that like after a crisis, a lot of people, there's like a lot of, um, you know, information and a lot of people looking into why things pan out the way that they did. So it makes sense that uh, like, you know, after a crisis, people would want to restructure something or like would want to change something in a very drastic way. I feel like um, I don't know. I feel like that's been exposed and hopefully we look at ways to combat that and make it better. I agree. Um, it's always easy sort of to like look at people and say, like, well, 
look at your shortcomings, you know, rather than trying to band together to find um, those weaknesses and how to tackle them. So, yeah, I, I hope that, like, instead of us deciding to just blame the Trump administration, you know, at least in the U.S., you know, that we're trying to instead focus on what we can do right now to, I guess, mitigate everything um, in, due to COVID, basically. You know, like, I know that they just put in a stay-at-home order in the Bay Area, um, which is where I grew up um, in. And mm-hmm. so uh, that was put, I think that's going to be put in place starting this Sunday. And that's going to be all through Contra Costa. It's going to be in Berkeley. Let's see, I'm looking yeah. right now. I think a lot of places, like I, I read in Iowa, like uh, their health uh, systems are pretty close to collapsing just because the amount of people that are sick or hospitalized because of COVID. They were one of the few states that basically did nothing. They locked down and then they were one of the ones who quickly reopened like back in spring. So they are exploding in cases right now in hospitalizations and even other states like, you know, they're running out of their own bed so they can't take patients from like other states like they did back in, you know, spring, like the first outbreak. And I think even the second one as well, like the first and second spike. I don't know. I feel like it's going to get even worse. When was Thanksgiving? It was on the uh, 26th, right? Six. Yeah, yeah so next week on the 10th, we should start seeing, like, all the uh, cases, the Thanksgiving cases start coming in, and hospitalizations to follow as well, and deaths, of course. So we'll see how that's going to pan out, because right now we're already hitting, like, record numbers again. We're, like, at, what, 200 tw- 250,000 um, infections daily or something like that, so it's getting pretty crazy. Um, and it's going to basically coincide with the next uh, holiday here, because... The peak basically is going to coincide with Christmas, you know, so I don't know if people yeah. are planning on doing any traveling for that. So, yeah, that stay-at-home order was in California. I wonder if they're planning on doing anything here for Nevada, because that would be pretty wise, you know? Uh, what do you think about, like, closing borders? Do you think that's kind of dumb, like, state borders like, to each other? Mm, just- I think at this point, yeah, it pretty is dumb just because it's everywhere already. I mean, it doesn't really matter it would have made sense like i think even at the start it's kind of risky you know because if other countries are not going to take like similar precautions and if you're still going to allow flights from like certain countries that are like infected it's like what's the point of like closing borders you know Mm, i don't know because i think that i i wonder do you know if there's more travel um international travel um versus interstate travel because during the holidays it's absolutely interstate travel there's more yeah interstate exactly um like one of the things that i remember was like on before Thanksgiving, I was texting my mom some articles, you know, and it's like uh, governor says life war- is warning about, you know, staying at home and not even though you're missing your family on the holidays, please stay home. And this was because I was really hesitant, obviously, about going to go see my family. Not that I didn't want to see them, um, but I was I just didn't want to contract anything or I didn't want to pass anything on to anyone else. Um, but uh, at another point, she had already expressed being um, disappointed in me for not like hanging out with family and so i didn't want her to think that i was just trying to be antisocial again so i was trying to say i was sending her these articles like hey mom are you sure we should go yeah so you know i'm like hey you know maybe we shouldn't go and she was like "Mm, i get why you're feeling like this but she kept giving me like these reasons that weren't that great you know she's like well we haven't seen them in a while um we're probably going to be distanced apart um we can keep our masks on if 
you know, we don't feel safe or whatever, which I don't know how you're supposed to not feel safe with family um, if you guys generally get along anyway. But, you know, it was it was kind of like a, a hassle trying to sort of tell her that we should not go. Yeah. Um, Wait, so I think you're talking like, about like a Christmas thing, right? Like a Christmas event? Well, no, I'm talking about Thanksgiving, uh-huh. but um, I'm thinking that like, you know, because you're saying you don't know if closing state borders would be the best idea right now, especially because, um, you know, like other countries aren't are still permitted to come in and out, which I, you know, I'm I'm not like, oh, keep everybody, you know, out of the U.S. I'm not necessarily saying that, but I'm just saying if we discourage right now interstate travel, uh, we can obviously um, reduce the number of cases because we're not seeing each other. We're not staying in, in close proximity. We're not staying in closed quarters, you know? I mean, it's cold right now. So obviously all we have is like recycled air, you know, when we have the the heater on and stuff like that and nobody's really going to be outside, you know, getting together. So I just think that like, okay, yes, I miss my grandma. My grandma's old, you know, and I want to see her and I haven't seen her, but I would rather call her on the phone than go see her happy face, you know, for um, Christmas and then find out that she's, gravely ill two weeks later you know or whatever the case may be i would i would rather have you know our president right now say like hey we're closing we're closing the state's borders you can't go see everyone and then you know try and walk my grandma uh, well she doesn't have a laptop but at least have be encouraged you know within my own self to call my grandma and talk with her and you know just kind of at least have like a, a lively memory with her even if it's through phone i i rarely call my grandma so why wouldn't i you know why wouldn't i be pushed to call her in this like dark ass year anyway you know if yeah. I, since i can't see her basically no i think that's uh what a lot of people should be doing and i think there's people that are trying to discourage you know traveling there's like a lot of different articles being written and i mean we've already established that this president is not going to do anything that contradicts you know i guess certain businesses or certain interests that he might have for what, whatever he's choosing to downplay or has chosen to downplay the co- uh, coronavirus pandemic or whatever. Yeah, I think it ultimately ultimately is going to come down to like the individual. I think closing down state borders like within like the nation is like really weird just because uh, I don't know. I feel like it'll just like open up way more problems and you're just going to have like bigger riots. I don't think it's like a solution. I mean, I'm sure it's going to stop some infections because, I mean, if you're not able to like cross state lines, I mean, yeah, it's possible that you're not going to be able to spread it to like your family member or something like that. But mm-hmm. I just don't think like um, it's practical in terms of like the, the amount of people that you're going to save from getting infected versus like the economic impact that that's going to have on like the entire nation. What economic impact? Because, I mean, I think we'd obviously have to allow for transportation of like, uh, you know, goods, um, you know, to, I think that would have to be allowed. Um, well, like business travel, I would say, I mean, like just um, I don't know, like tourism. I think. um we should have other things like along uh, I mean, other measures, I guess, to discourage it, you know, like, OK, sure. So you want to get out and you want to get out because um, you're talking about tourism right now. I don't really see the point of like, what, what is the point of someone from China, for example, coming to Las Vegas just to see the Las Vegas lights? Like, no, stay home um, and stay home and go find something to do in your country. You know, like I I've been not working since april i want to say and i want to go out and do things too right but obviously it's not practical for me to go out to a bar with my friends no matter how fun it is um 
no matter how great the memories are going to be, uh, it's not practical. I'm not going to have a home. I'm not going to have groceries. I'm not going to, you know, like so many things are going to come with that that are not going to be in my best interest. And that's what I need to think about is that, yes, it's going to be a good time for that time that I'm there. But when I come back, I have to come back to my reality. Um, so I think that like if you discourage interstate travel, but encourage, you know, visiting your local businesses, um, you know, this way so that you can pretty much continue to stimulate that local economy um, and discouraging interstate travel, but encouraging visiting your local national parks, you know, you, you kind of, or, or even just going outside your, um, but I feel like people in a sense, like people are already doing that though. Like, I mean, I feel like that's already the, uh, the baseline assumption of which you should be doing. I mean, like you should already not be going out to travel. But the thing is, like, it's not even just about like tourism either. It's like anybody can have, you know, family um, issues like, you know, like the sharing of a kid that necessitates, you know, traveling from a state to another state. And it's just like a lot of like different. I mean, I can't think of anything, anything much else at the top of my head. But I just know that like blocking like interstate travel would be like really weird. And it's like I don't think like it would be implemented like on a federal level. Um, especially with like the administration that we have. I don't think mm -hmm. Biden will do that either because I mean, you have economic impacts that you have to take into account when you take when you make decisions like that. And if the benefits are not really going to be worthwhile, I would say, then it's just like an overreaction, I would say at this point. Like I said, I think mm -hmm. it, it might have been like a good idea when it first started. But even then, if like everybody else is not doing it, like it's just a matter of time before you're forced to open up your borders again because you're not going to be able to compete economically with people that are not closing down. And if you already have like places like in China where it's already being reported that like a million people or millions of people are already getting like the uh, their coronavirus vaccine and they're not going to close down anytime soon. I think it's just um, I don't know. I would say that it's out of the question to like lock down um, like interstate travel, I would say. Like I think you can still implement like, you know, lockdown orders like, hey, don't, you know, close down all essential businesses. But I think like locking down like borders, like, I don't know, I think it's kind of weird. But um, I, I don't know, like, I think like everything else with tourism as well, it kind of serves into like the whole Vegas thing as well, like um, where it's like you kind of have to make weighted decisions, whether you close down or whether you stay open and closing down necessarily means that, hey, like there's going to be a significant amount of people that are going to be displaced without a job that they're not going to getting paychecks. Like, how the fuck are we going to handle these people? Like, it's it's like a, another issue that you have to deal with, even though like virus and even though the coronavirus in a sense, you know, can kill you and could potentially even if you survive, you know, give you like a lot of la long term lasting effects. Um, it's like at some point I would imagine that people would start making the decision whether dealing with that or just like dying because you have nothing else to eat or like you have nothing to feed yourself with or something like that. So I don't know. I feel like these these things are getting like a lot more complicated, like the further that we are into this pandemic. And it's not going to get right. easier in terms of like what decisions we end up making and like which ones will be effective versus others. But um, I don't know. I think like the whole response that we've gotten like from the federal government down to like even some state governments, it's just been atrocious like here in the States. Um, it's incredible that like, you know, we like to tout ourselves as like the exceptional, you know, America, land of the free, home, the brave, whatever. We can do anything. Yeah, we can't bring this fucking, you know, virus under control. If you can't even fix that, if you can't have like a, I guess like that baseline understanding and like valuing each other, then <laughs> I don't think like a lockdown restrictions of any kind is going to do much else. Yeah, I would say that it's, um, I guess that everything that's happened um, this year with the, with the pandemic, you know, here in the U.S. has really been showing us how being so self-absorbed actually was somewhat our downfall you know like just thinking like oh it ain't shit this virus isn't shit and i can still go out with my friends because at, at the beginning of the pandemic i think at one point well let's see i think maybe it was like june 
there was already that uh what is that called you you called it something earlier um where oh fatigue covid fatigue where you kind of just like start loosening up um your sentiments about it and just kind of disregarding all the the warnings and everything like that like Mm -hmm. i was at the beginning in june i think you know i was like okay i miss my friends i want to see my friends and we were having game night you know so it's it's been pretty eye-opening to see just those cracks you know like in in our government but in ourselves in ourselves you know like i feel like this is a year um like since i've been out of high school for sure you know when i was taking like these ap classes and like trying to stay on top of my uh courses this is like the year that i've been looking like at the like the articles you know like related to what's happening you know like the most so i would say um it's cool i guess you know to have the light shown and you know to see like what you need to work on but at the same time it's really scary because you know you're so you can be so overwhelmed by just how fucked up everything is just how fucked up you are in a way you know like and i'm just talking about in terms of myself like i i i see like that i have to undertake such a big task and like this overhaul of how i want to be um i guess how i want to make improvements in myself you know because i feel like i just became so um not indifferent but um what is it when you're satisfied with something or or complacent you know just Mm -hmm. complacent with myself and and that has just translated into all areas of my life and and i think that like watching the government be exactly how i am is a testament to um what is that called like a collective consciousness kind of you know like of what we really are you know it's getting like this mirror shine in your face to be like yo this is this is what you've been doing this is you know everything that you all the steps that you have or have not taken here they are you know yeah so i'm I mean, yeah, your population is going to be heavily disenfranchised if your administration can't handle certain things, you know, uh, or provide certain safeties to their, I guess, people. So it 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 totally makes sense that a lot of people are feeling like um, apathy in terms of like everything in life and just translating into like, this depressive state of mind where it's like, yeah, it's it's a hard year, I think. And hopefully, yeah, more people have realizations like you are that. It's a reflection of like, hey, I've kind of been doing this myself as well by being, you know, indifferent about politics and about the leaders that lead us and make these type of decisions for us. But uh, hopefully I, I, my thing that I would want most people to take away from this is that elections have consequences. You know, I know we've all probably heard this and it's like a super cliche and like kind of cringe, but it's true. I mean, in some sense, people have, you know, blamed American citizens for 9-11. Um, you know, we elected these representatives that chose to invade other countries and therefore, hey, we paid for the price for it. Not necessarily, not necessarily saying that that's like a good way to protest, obviously, but you can understand where a lot of these people are coming from or like that certain thought similar to like everybody else and how you're feeling. You can kind of understand like where you're coming from in terms of like what your administration is doing for yourself, which is a reflection of how you personally handle your life and right. consequently, you know, politics and how engaged you are with it. So... I mean, that's really the only thing that we can come from this. Uh, the positive thing that I think um, should come from this is that more people should be aware of like how complacent they are in terms of maybe other aspects of their life, but definitely towards politics and how that definitely has an effect on most people. It's it's not been subtle this year, and that's something that I can be really happy for. Um, I think the time to be depressed is like is gone. It's gone. Um, the time for, I guess, uh, change response yeah response accountability it's right now i agree (laughs) 
Yeah. Do you feel like you've been, uh, you know, one of the questions that I that I've had for two years already, um, and is is accountability accountability like how can you take accountability for yourself um do you ever feel like that's been something um that's been like at the forefront of your mind because i mean you seem to be someone who um is how should i say this i get the sense that you are practical um and you know you kind of just don't like the, you, you don't like bullshit you know like you, you i think most of us don't like bullshit but a lot of us are are a bit more willing to put up with it um because that's just kind of like what we can like that's normal you know like that's how we've been taught but i think uh you look at things and you're like okay well here's kind of what the issue is that's kind of dumb and i'm gonna turn away from it or i'm gonna work at it in this way how do, how do you feel like you've been do you feel like you've held yourself accountable or held anything accountable um, as far as like making change or, you know, making something known that needs to be changed, you know, is that um, like why you got into politics or anything? No, I mean, I think, um, the reason that I got into politics was like, was, I don't think it was like a singular reason. I think it's just been a multiple of things, but, um, as far as like me having like, like self accountability, I think it's been mostly just, um, I don't know if I've held myself accountable or if I've just like realize learn to realize that um my inactions and actions alike have an effect and i could i i don't want to say measure but i could um i guess uh visualize like the process uh from like my action to like the consequences and then also like work backwards like okay well because this happened it was probably because of this this and that and i usually go back and like okay well maybe i should fix this 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 and that and usually that involves like in itself like it involves some type of like self-accountability you know because if you're continuously making like some mistake it's not necessarily that i'm um like punishing myself for it but it's like okay i'm like reviewing like my actions and like certain things uh my path towards certain goals and this is why it's not happening and this is why i'm going to change it so i guess in a way it is like some type of accountability but it's more so um in terms of like uh, i guess like um from like an angle of growth i would say Less so than like, okay, well, because I, I don't know how you personally define account, accountability, but I don't know. To me, it just sounds like, um, I don't know. Like, I, don't, I don't think it would be the word that I would use, I would say. I don't know if that makes sense, though. Kind of. But then, yeah, it makes sense um, to the respect that you can see where um, something needs to be flipped, basically. Like you can follow mm -hmm. that trail, like you said, you know, because you're starting from like, oh, okay, well, I see why this happened because... Um, the move right before this was here and then right before that was this um mm -hmm. but do you go would you say that you have like a more acute acute awareness than i guess like the average person i would say so in terms of like things but it's just because i've tried to like improve at certain things um like for example like socializing like in person um like i've always forced myself to like because i don't know i feel like a lot of the times when i'm speaking to people i like completely lose sight of like i'll, I'll either lose like interest like immediately and stop listening to that person or i'll like um listen but like um get like super like lose myself in the same regard you know because it's like i'm so immersed in like the fucking conversation that i'm in a way that i'm not really like paying attention to what's being said um i don't know it, i guess it just comes in terms of like being aware of like which situation you're finding yourself in and making sure that like, you're taking to, into account like certain things that you know you need to um i don't know like what example i could give uh for this um i guess like just like speaking in general like when i'm speaking like it's sometimes like i am like fully conscious i'm like okay this is what you're doing uh, make sure that you speak slowly, make sure that you enunciate all your words, make sure that you're, you know, like, uh, 
seeming approachable, like that you're smiling, blah, blah, blah. Like basically like all these social cues to like convey something. Right. Okay. And um, so it's like kind of like um, like I'm, I'm being aware of those situations. So I'm always like constantly like um, noticing like when I'm making mistakes or noticing like when I'm like, oh, fuck, I like I ranted too long there. Like, oh, fuck, I was like slowing my words because I was like too excited about what I was talking about and I was doing it too fast, blah, blah, blah. And again, this kind of comes from like introspection and like just being able to like um, review what's happening. Uh, another like example would be like um, I used to. Well, I don't know, like when you want to get better at something, it like helps to like be able to review it. So to kind of give you an example, right. it's like a lot of the times when I, I when I try to learn like how to play the piano, I would record myself like playing it, you know. Um, and another example would be like playing like a video game. Um, I would play like this video game uh, called Starcraft a long time ago and it was like a competitive game and I would record myself playing it. And like when you go back and like you look at those videos and you kind of see like your mistakes, it's like, OK, well, like I can kind of um, you, you learn from them, you know, because you're kind of like viewing it. You're not in the present, like you're kind of viewing it a little bit more objectively. And those problems that are like arising, you're kind of like just taking note of them. And because you're like making this um, this exercise or like where, because you're fulfilling this exercise of like going back and like reviewing a previous footage of like whatever you're trying to improve on, um, that kind of like, I guess, uh, primes your mind to do it in real time, in a sense. To where like now I don't even need to record myself. I can kind of, in a sense, remember maybe like what the bad parts were or like what the good parts were. So now let me make sure that I'm improving on that and drilling on those specific aspects so that I can master that and move on to the second thing that I'm like the weakest at. Um, like a really good formula that that I uh, kind of read that was kind of like very similar to how I kind of already was doing things is like the oh fuck I forgot the name of the book. Oh yeah, it's called Ultra Learning. There's this book called Ultra Learning. It basically just goes and like studies like all these people, like these really, really famous people or like not even famous people, but just people that have like done a lot or that like um, started something like a project from like scratch without knowing anything like in terms of like art, music or coding or anything like that. And they created like the, uh, the one of the best selling video games. And like there's like a lot of different examples like that and like prof professional like um, chess players and et cetera. And like they kind of give you a. Um, Wait, wait, like wait, wait, wait. So let me let me interrupt you here quick. So wait, you're saying though that the people from this book are that are referenced in this book um go into something not knowing anything about it and then becoming like some of the best or like creating yeah. um mm -hmm. software technology. Correct. Out of that? So they're like uh, they're like masters in their field now and they started as beginners. And then they kind of just the book is about like their learning uh methods and uh the book basically compiles like a lot of the like similarities that all of them have together in terms of like how to effectively like learn things, how to like um um, how to actually use them, how to put it into practice, et cetera, et cetera. And it just goes really well into like, um, differentiating between, you know, theoretical learning and actual practice, like hands-on learning and about drilling about no, cause that's, that's like the first rule in music or anything you want to get you know, good at, you know, it's like, um, knowing like where your weakest at, like knowing where your weakness is at. So you can drill on it and you can continuously tackle it until you get so bad, so good at it that, um, that it's like second nature to you, you know, because, uh, the premise of the book, what it says is that mastery is just repetition. And it is because you're, that's how your mind kind of works. You know, when you repeat something over and over and over, um, your, your, your brain is like calculating all these different things that it would take like a normal person who has like no mastery, like, like years to, you know, like understand like why you're making the decisions that you're making. And it's going to be impossible for that other person to like, even try to explain it without like, you know, explaining like all these underlying, like, uh, I guess, um, knowledge, like all this underlying knowledge. So it's like, um, and, and that's what the uh, fuck I forgot I was going with this but um I feel like that's like a method that I use as well you know where it's like um I kind of try to like take this approach where it's like okay I know nothing and if I want to learn something I need to make sure that I apply myself that I'm you know I guess um uh, dedicating like 30 minutes of research to like um know like what the best way to like um 
learn about the subject is and blah 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 because if you if you're if your goal is to get as fast as possible, um, I'm sorry, if your goal is to get as good as possible in the fastest time possible, um, or a lot then yeah, it would make sense that, you know, you kind of do some research into like what you're trying to improve on, because otherwise you're just kind of, um, walking in blindly into like whatever you're studying. And I don't know, I feel like these whole things like these, uh, it's kind of like what I was previously, like what I was saying when we first started talking, where I feel like these are just like, um, side effects of like, um, of like things that I already naturally do, I guess, if that makes sense. Where it's like, I do it for like other reasons where like, I guess like I'm always like constantly growing and like, because like I'm constantly like growing or like trying to like learn about new things that I, I can kind of like ignore, like, I guess like the bullshit and like how you would describe it, I guess, where it's like, okay, I have no time for bullshit. So I may, need to make sure that I'm like constantly improving at this thing and this is how I'm going to do it. And this is my plan and fuck everything else. So do you constantly, I don't know if that's like, a, know if that's like a, <laughs> the answer that, is satisfying but i mean and and do you uh tie things that you learn to i guess things that you already know like do you yeah of course that's like one of the um i, I forgot what it was called it's like chaining or something like where you kind of learn something and then you take you like um you look for patterns and like things that you've already previously learned and kind of like attach to it and kind of like build on that knowledge because yeah i mean that's everything kind of works because i'm just like i'll read something and it won't make sense until like i read something else like i don't know like months later it's like oh okay now that makes sense and it's just like yeah continuous you know i guess um accumulation of like knowledge that kind of just broadens your perspective on life i would say but i don't know i think it's like different from everybody else because i don't think like people have the same goals or like ideals as i do so i think like like i was telling you like i feel like everybody is different in terms of like how they learn and how they um go about like getting self-motivated and how um yeah, I mean, most definitely, like but there, but there are proved there are proven um, improved methods, you know, like for how to do that or how to um, keep going about something. That's why I was a little surprised that you said that, like these people, um, I guess, were total beginners um, and then just rose to like complete masterdom. And I guess that's how it starts. Uh, but like one of the one of the books that I'm reading right now is Learn Better. And I haven't gone came across anything um, where they're like complete masters, you know, like um the the author actually just taught references like oh you know like i wanted to improve in, in my basketball you know and you know he's like i didn't become like an nba star or anything like that but i did notice um that i was finally making more shots in you know um from the free mm -hmm. throw for example just say and like he also talks about how there's like an older guy um who decides to take on a computer class um with like a whole bunch of younger kids and he he obviously feels like the odd man out and you know, he doesn't really, he learns from the class, but he doesn't end up mastering it. But, you know, he, he takes things from there that he can um, apply to other areas. So I'm, I was just, uh, I was curious about that there. But like this whole, this whole, what do you think, do you think, um, what do you think, when do you think was the turning point in your life anyway? You're 30 years old, I'm 25. Do you think that, I mean, obviously the, what is it like the truths held are that like we're always learning um and growing hopefully um and you know just trying to improve ourselves um if you're really trying to i guess go down the quote-unquote right path right um but when do you feel like you became even more aware of this because for me it's been like I've, i feel like i've been acutely aware of needing to change drastically who i am and it's just been this year, um, actually these past few weeks that I've even decided to start walking towards that path. 
Um, and I feel like, um, you know, you, we talked, you talked earlier about like not comparing yourself to other people, but I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm behind, especially cause you know, we had my friend on last week and I'm, I like admire her so much. I admire Jessica so much because I feel like she is someone who is like really making all these, um, excuse me, waves, um, within her community. And she's just going to continue to, um, make them bigger and bigger, you know, um, especially for people who are marginalized especially for people who um don't have this comfortable position that i'm in um so i i, I uh, what i'm curious about is like when do you feel like your personal journey to i guess really want to explore the other card of your potential when did you feel like you started on that to like really start expressing your potential becoming who you can be all you can be basically um I don't know. I feel like I've had like that stage like multiple times throughout my life. And each one of those stages, I felt like, oh, my God, I finally have my life figured out. And this started like back when I was like fucking 16, 17, um, where it's you like, okay, you had I have, your like, life these... figured out. Well, yeah, because I would like be involved in like a project or another where I was like, OK, I want to dedicate everything into this. I want to like get the best at it. I want to like make sure that like this blows up, you know. And um, yeah, there was like a lot of different things that I was always a part of. And I feel like I was like, I don't know. I feel like um. I always kind of had this type of mentality like growing up, but I do feel like I definitely got a lot more, I guess, involved into like improving it, like by, I guess, reading and like, you know, learning from others and like what they had to like teach. Um, like in my early 20s, I would say, um, is when I kind of started to finally, I guess, wake up, so to say, and start taking like a little bit more responsibility for my actions and like for my own motivation, I guess, and my own will. You didn't have anything like, uh especially jarring or anything like that like to wake you up like it was just kind of like this gradual like always picking at you nagging feeling. kind of i mean definitely when i did lsd for like the first time they that definitely you know like made me see like old things in new light and because it was like making me see everything in like a new light i was it was kind of like brand new to me so i was like um so interested in like things that i had previously lost interest in i just saw it I don't know. I just like entered like a very creative like period in my life where I was just like trying all these different things because I always felt boxed in into like previous projects that I was either involved in or like my music or, or shit like that, where it's like, OK, like you invested like so much time into this. You've invested so much money like you might as well, you know, um, go full on and not necessarily that I quit or anything, but I just like um, ended up like giving myself like that space to like learn other things, you know, where it's like um, I wanted to like learn about, I don't know, fucking biology, like about space and shit like that. And um i did and i just kind of I, I think like that's what ended up helping me like just kind of like start broadening my horizons so to say and start picking up new hobbies start trying out new projects and i don't know i guess definitely i guess lsd made me realize that like hey i mean you're you have the potential to like um ascribe meaning to whatever you like you mm -hmm. have the potential to like um choose what values you choose to hold dear or what values you choose to i guess um hold in general and you get to choose like you get to choose a lot in your life you know like a lot, like kind of like the talk we were having about boundaries like with uh jessica where it's like um a lot of people don't feel like they have like this agency and like they do and it's not until like they actually realize it whether it's like a realization from lsd or like some traumatic like you know life experience or like some very you know positive life experience like it doesn't come to people like until i don't know i don't even think like it has to come like from one of these events i think you can slowly like gradually you know get there eventually for sure um, i just think you have to have like the right i don't want to say motivations or like um mentors or anything like that it just I, I guess it just has to be like the the right conditions because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. if i mean if you're like constantly depressed because of like your surroundings or like your 
your work environment or your home environment or whatever like yeah it's going to be hard to i guess self-actualize and like um i guess even think about reaching your like highest potential because i don't I, I don't know like there's times where i feel like i haven't even done that like haven't done that you know because it's like um like even like last year you know like i felt like i had my whole life figured out i was like oh i want to go traveling i want to do this project i want to do this this and that and like covid and like other things completely you know fucking shattered that and it's like um like in this stage again where i feel like kind of lost where it's like oh like fuck like like um i don't know like there's like a lack of motivation and everything is just kind of like i don't know it's just like i i think like it's a constant thing like you're never i don't think you're ever gonna like fully be like this realized person that is like 100 percent productive and like 100 percent like happy and like that you have like shit figured out i think that's like an illusion there's always going to be like a lot of unsexy parts of life that people just choose not to share you know like um or like people don't choose to share like you know the hard work that they put into like certain things to like get good at like whatever they choose to get good at you know and um i don't know i think like a lot of people definitely just see like the 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 outcome like once it's all said and done and like they rarely like take into consideration like all the hard work they had to be put into it so i don't know i feel like that's just something that i've like always tried to keep in mind that if like i do expect something good to like come out of everything like that i'm working towards then i need to understand that it's like also going to involve like hard work um it's going to involve like me battling myself like constantly over and over again and uh yeah, so I don't think, like, it's, like, um like once you reach it, like, you're good, you're gonna be there forever. I think it's, like, something you could, like, still get and lose and get again and lose again, so. Just a I heads up. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, but I, I I would have to say, though, um just so I'm just gonna comment real quick, but I would have to say that um no matter how comfortable I have felt, I have never felt um like I've been at the pinnacle of, like, um comfort or safety or anything like that, you know? Like, I, for some, I mean... I don't even really, I, I can't even tell you that I've been really aware, you know, like when I was a child, but I, I don't ever remember feeling like, oh, you know, like even in my early adult life, like, oh, I'm, I'm secure or, oh, I've made it to the top or anything like that. But I guess too, like, we're really different in that, like I told you, I already think that you are um, not a different obviously not i guess more artistic you know um more creative you know like you you have been able to express that um more freely or because you've worked at it you know and i haven't so maybe that's why like you're able to sometimes reach that moment of where you're like oh you know like i've made it or i've got myself figured out like i have never ever like at 25 and and you know i'm sure that it's not uncommon um but i've never felt like oh i've made it or oh this is the idea that i'm going to come up with you know and like you credit lsd and let me just tell you like my experience with lsd um has only been that i took it once my first time too and that shit was i, I told you already like that sh it was whack i um i took it and i didn't experience anything like i didn't feel anything <sighs> And like to even talk a little bit more about psychedelics, though, my experience with mushrooms, the very first time that I took it was such a strange feeling because like you can roll your eyes and our listeners can, too. But like I remember that like the feeling that I got was that like, hey, you're safe. You're going to experience some shit like I'm I'm going to divulge this like. I went on this trip where like the universe, I felt like the universe was talking to me and was like, hey, girl, we have you enveloped, you know, like you're, you are safe here, um, you know, no matter what happens to you, like to the point where I even felt like it had told me like, hey, you're going to get cancer at some point in your life. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't matter what happens, like you're going to be OK, like ultimately yeah. you are going to be OK. And and that's how I feel like like there is I have been told too that like I have a personality where I seem and even when I've listened to like the recordings of uh 
talking. I can hear it in my voice too, but I've been told that like, I have kind of like a panicky, um, I give people sort of like this panicky sensation when I talk, you know, and when I listen to myself talk, um, like on the recordings, I can hear that my voice sounds really like, like fluctuating, like, oh my God, am I running or like, what's going on, you know? And I just really want to calm it down because I think like, fuck, like that, just because like, the way that I sound is exactly how I live my life. And, you know, I go rock climbing um, every, like I, I go rock climbing every week. And what these people have really shown me is that like, you can really, um, what am I thinking here? Your method of climbing, basically, it can mm -hmm. translate over into how you um, live your life too. And so one of the things that like they told me um, was that like, hey, you're really scrambly. Like, yes, you get to the top, you know, where you need to get to. But remember, you also want to focus on your technique, you know, like you, you're scrambling to get to the top, you're making wrong moves, or you're making unwise decisions. And so you meet your goal of getting to where you want to get to. But just know that you could have taken an easier route this way. And, um, you know, um, that's just, I think it's been really helpful to at least be aware of the kind of person that I am. And that's exactly why I told you too, that like, I'm deciding to finally just put my foot down. And, you know, right now my, my step is to, at least like you said, you know, record myself and see who I am on a more in depth level, you know? And I think that, um, you know, like these two to six minute recordings, um, are a little insight, but they're also going to open the door to at least better methods of being able to, um, change that, change the way that like I, I, live i oh, carry myself there we go so yeah i think um it has a lot to do with focus and like your interests because another thing that i was going to say as well is that i don't think a lot of people that do lsd or that do mushrooms are going to have the exact same experience or like or at least revelatory experience that i did because i think everybody does have like their own um based on their own subjective experience they're going to experience something like it's really cool it's like oh my god you know they're going to feel love like a lot of people describe it like when they do lsd the thing is, like, once, like, that initial, um, I don't know, because I feel like LSD can, like, have, like, multiple different stages. It can have, like, a very introspective state where, like, you're just kind of like, learning about yourself. It can have, like, a very um, entertaining entertainment aspect to it, like, where you're just kind of, like, enjoying the trip, like, where you're just enjoying all the uh, hallucinations or visuals or whatever. And But you're not really, like, gaining anything out of it. You know, it's, like, mostly, like, okay, this is the drug. It feels good, whatever. Okay. Um, and I feel like... Um, one of the uh, quotes as well that I've learned from like this guy, this psychologist that I follow and like a lot of like psychology will tell you this as well, is that whatever you choose to focus on, um, your subconscious mind is automatically going to start like pointing you in that direction. Right. So like if you're um, consistently focusing on like, you know, like improving like a certain thing, like your subconscious mind, it's like kind of like I was telling you as well, like your mind just automatically starts picking up on these things that you want to improve on like real time. Um, so when you're talking like, I don't know, I guess like when you're talking about like, um, like having like these experiences or whatever that kind of like you know help like motivate you or something like that i don't think that 100 percent of the time they're going to come from like you know drugs or like you know um i do think that it has a lot to do with like the state of mind that you put yourself in as well um kind of like saying that you need to i guess plant the seeds before you can reap the rewards you know where it's like a lot of people want to be in like this a certain mindset or like they want to be like super self-motivated but they don't want to do the work that it takes to get there uh, because a lot of the times it does involve, you know, clearing yourself of like a lot of emotional baggage. Ooh, and that's yes. like, that's where, that's where I'm at right now. Like in, in terms of like my growth that I think like, isn't, it's kind of inhibiting, um, in, inhibiting it to like a certain degree. Um, just because I've always felt that I could do things by myself. I was like, fuck this. I don't need anybody else. I definitely don't need like friends and not, 
like my family either, you know, like I, I want to make sure that if I do something, I want to make sure that I'm able to do it by myself and not have to rely on anybody else. But as you grow older, you realize that this is not like a like a tenable thing, like a tenable view to have, you know, because everything in life is going to be so much harder, especially when you lack certain social skills like I do, where it's like I I feel like I can always start. I could talk to people. I can like, you know, make them like be my friend or whatever. But it's like really hard for me to like maintain that relationship if I feel like um especially if I have like projects going on, you know, it's like I really don't value like a lot of um like social relationships like like flat out like I value what you and I have just because like we've constantly like, you know, started this bond where it's like we talk to each other about our like some of our deepest feelings sometimes. But uh, with most other people, like I'm just kind of like, OK, well, whatever. I don't really care to like continue this relationship with you because uh, it doesn't seem like you're in the state of mind that I'm in to like right. want to do certain things, you know. And th that might sound fucked up. Like, it's like, oh, dude, come on. Like, you're like writing this person off just because they don't have the same interests as you. But it's true that like, you know, you're the people that you talk to are going to have an influence on you, whether you want to admit it or not. You know, we say this about Trump all the time that like his rhetoric um, influences people to like go out and shooting. It's true with like everybody else, like your immediate circle influences you so influences you so much. And most people don't realize this. And that's the episode for this week. Sorry for the abrupt ending, but we ended up rambling about some personal stuff. Anyways, make sure you guys join us next week when we tackle some other stimulating topics. But uh, in the meantime, make sure you guys follow us on Dime Podcast on Instagram and Podcast Dime on Twitter. Ciao.